Bitcoin regains ground up almost 40% from its June low and we also examine value retention in the Ugandan oil and gas sector. Good morning Africa and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Local content has become very topical and most countries are enacting laws to make it mandatory for all stakeholders of specified industries. By definition, local content is the development of local skills, transfer and use of local manpower and local manufacturing. It's become a very important issue due to the fact that in this day and age, every country would like its citizens to capture the commanding heights of its economy and assist to keep its wealth within its borders, as well as providing jobs to the ever-increasing population. Which brings us to today's episode that examines the strides and importance of local content in the Ugandan oil and gas sector. Ellison Karhanga, partner at Kampala Associated Advocates and chairman of the Oil and Gas Committee, East African Law Society, joins us. Why is the growth of local content so important? And have the strides taken in the past decade begun to pay off? Years ago, the government did a benchmark of the private sector to see what is needed and what can we provide. And we could literally provide almost nothing. I don't think that's the same story today. I think there's some strong legislation in place, a strong capacity building. The Ministry of Finance has announced that it's going to create a local content fund to allow lending to local enterprises from the government that have capital requirements, provided those funds, those, those enterprises will be seen to be able to pay back. So there's there's a push in a, in, in in, a, in the right direction. The, the idea that um, local content is an important thing because you, you create various value, you create a, a large amount of value for the local economy and you keep some of the capex here um, and, and that's important. If you, if you do that, then you have a proper spillover effect. You have very many businesses that are built. Oil and gas has very many advantages for local businesses. It pays well is the most important advantage it um, trains well because of all the risks and criticisms associated with the oil industry it enhances capacity in a significant way years ago up to this day when you visit the offices of the of, a, of an oil company you're not allowed just by way of example to park in any other way but by reverse parking. Safety is a big thing in the oil industry and it creates a culture of safety, a culture of compliance because, because the risks are just too high because of the sort of commodity that you're dealing with. So it, it, it gives good money, it gives good business practices. And now in Uganda, there's this national supplier database. And with the national supplier database, they are looking to enhance compliance, not just in oil and gas, but generally so. Before you get on the national supply database, for example, you need a tax clearance certificate. We need to show that you are not just a taxpayer, but you're a taxpayer that the revenue authority is willing to say, yeah, this, this is our guy. You need a clearance from um, NSSF. So you know, you're not, NSSF needs to give a report and say, very happy with this guy. So there's an opportunity and there's a lot, of, there's a lot that's happening there. And I think that local content is important and it should be expanded across the economy. We must start to have value retention. Businesses must keep value here. And uh, I think that's the whole idea of local content. Let's talk value retention. 
You cite the importance of laws that balance the need of the investors and also the local economy. How can this be done? At the time when um, the Petroleum Act were passed, the oil companies were saying, how can you force us? Because the government put the 48% in the law in 2013. We are now in 2022. Another time they were saying, what do you mean we have to give businesses to local companies? Which companies? Which ones? Which ones are there in, uh, in any sector? Which ones are there in the hotel industry? Which ones are there in the, even in the media if we're going to advertise? Which ones are there in, um, in drilling? Which ones are there in construction? Which ones? That's what they were saying in 2013. I think they're still saying it. So the first thing is to have the will. Because it's now very clear that where there is a will, there is a way. How do you expand into other sectors? I think we must apply local content law across the board. We need to have local content laws. And, and there is actually a local content bill, uh, which had some challenges. It needs to be friendly enough to invite investment, but strong enough to retain value. It needs to be strong enough to retain value and, uh, and weak enough to attract investment. We have to accept that the capital isn't ours. But there's a strong value proposition for local talent, local labor. I mean, you'll be very surprised at what in the oil and gas industry Ugandans have been able to do. You'll be extremely surprised at the fact that there are very many Ugandan engineers, reservoir engineers, drilling engineers who have designed these oil projects from here. Right from 2006, you've got a whole body of Ugandans who are doing incredible things. Many of them have been taken even to other countries, to, to Ghana, to, to Nigeria, to wherever. As, as experts, as engineers, as reservoir engineers. Many of them work in the government right now. Many of them work in the private sector. So the idea of, of uh, the biggest problem is talking ourselves down. I think there's a huge potential, and I think local content speaks to a potential that really retains value. And the most important thing with local content is we must start measuring it by how much value is being retained. The investment coming into Uganda after the signing of the FID is substantial, and maintaining a portion of this is just as crucial. Talk to us about the political value of local content. Years ago, the government did a benchmark of the private sector to see what is needed and what can we provide. And we could literally provide almost nothing. I don't think that's the same story today. I think there's some strong legislation in place, there's strong capacity building. The Ministry of Finance has announced that it's going to create a local content fund to allow lending to local enterprises from the government that have capital requirements, provided those funds, those, those enterprises will be seen to be able to pay back. So there's, there's a push in, a, in, a, in, a, in the right direction. The, the idea that um, local content is an important thing because you, you create various value, you create a, a large amount of value for the local economy, and you keep some of the capex here, um, and, and that's important. If you, if you do that, then you have a proper spillover effect. You have very many businesses that are built. Oil and gas has very many advantages for local businesses. It pays well, which is the most important advantage. It um, trains well. Because of all the risks and criticisms associated with the oil industry, it enhances capacity in a significant way. Years ago, up to this day, when you visit the offices of, the, of, a, of an oil company, you are not allowed, just by way of example, to park in any other way but by reverse parking. Safety is a big thing in the oil industry, and it creates a culture of safety, a culture of compliance, because, because the risks are just too high 
because of the sort of commodity that you're dealing with. So it, it gives good money, it gives good business practices. And now in Uganda, there's this national supplier database. And with the national supplier database, they are looking to enhance compliance, not just in oil and gas, but generally. So before you get on the national supplier database, for example, you need a tax clearance certificate. We need to show that you are not just a taxpayer, but you're a taxpayer that the revenue authority is willing to say, yeah, this, this is our guy. You need a clearance from um, NSSF. So you know, you're not, NSSF needs to give a report and say, very happy with this guy. So there's an opportunity and there's a lot, of, there's a lot that's happening there. And I think that local content is important and it should be expanded across the economy. We must start to have value retention. Businesses must keep value here. And uh, I think that's the whole idea of local content. That was Ellison Karhanga, partner at Kampala Associated Advocates and chairman of the Oil and Gas Committee at the East African Law Society. And a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Kenyan Aviation Safety Standard has been ranked best in East, Central and Southern Africa region in the International Civil Aviation Organization audit, having scored 91.7%. In Africa, Kenya ranks second after Nigeria, which scored 96.06%, followed by Tanzania at 85.68%, Rwanda at 85.92%, and Uganda at 76.4%. This audit outcome has given the country a clean bill, with the score being the highest ever recorded for the region, after it scored 88% in 2015 and 68% in 2008. Currently, the global score on the average effective implementation of critical elements stands at 71.8%, an African average of 61.9%, and East and Southern region of 65%. This is a major milestone in the growth and development of civil aviation in Kenya, East Africa, and the rest of Africa. And a quick look at the markets. Bitcoin regained ground above 24,000 US dollars, up by almost 40% from its June low on the back of an overall risk appetite fueled by upbeat U.S. economic data and earnings results. Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap, also saw its valuation rise sharply in recent months to consolidate around $2,000 mark owing to its use in the rapidly growing in the rapidly growing world of decentralized finance. Cardano, Solana and Polkadot also enjoyed gains up between 1% and 6%. Now, WTI crude futures bottomed to around $88 per barrel mark, not far from an almost six-month low of $87 per barrel hit last week as concerns over a potential recession-driven demand downturn continue to hang over the market. Data released over the weekend showed that China, the world's top crude importer, imported 9.5% less oil in July than a year ago as refiners continue to reduce inventories. Sour Chinese data followed U.S. government figures last week pointing to rising U.S. crude inventories and declining gasoline demand. Still upbeat, U.S. labor and Chinese export data helped ease some concerns about an imminent global recession. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Withadong. Withadong.